Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily podcast bringing you our top stories for the day ahead. It's Wednesday the 4th of October. I'm your host, Murray Jones. Later, we'll take a look at the latest on the Inter-Islander project and Pacific Edge. But first, news publishers may struggle to force artificial intelligence companies to pay for using their content, one of New Zealand's leading scientists has warned. Peter Gluckman, president of the Paris-based International Science Council and director of think tank Koi2, the Centre for Informed Futures, believes news groups will need to be very specific about how stories have been used by chatbots as they look for compensation from AI platforms. Gluckman, the Prime Minister's chief science advisor between 2009 and 2018, said existing laws were not designed for the issues raised by today's generative AI models. The warning comes as publishers gear up for their next fight with big tech, with generative AI the latest battleground after years of wrangling with social media firms. Chatbots need to scan large volumes of written text to improve their language abilities and provide information. Until now, technology companies have used website content without permission to train early AI models. Stuff is among global publishers to have blocked OpenAI from scraping its website to train its chat GPT platform. Stuff claims OpenAI has accessed its news stories to feed the language model. News organizations, including Bloomberg and Reuters, have blocked OpenAI from harvesting their online stories, but the Associated Press has agreed to a licensing deal with the AI giant, granting it access to its archives. Up next, and New Zealand investors will have megatons of new disclosure materials to sift through next year as new climate risk reporting rules come into play. In his latest column for Business Desk, David Chaplin writes that the world-first NZ rules, now replicated in other jurisdictions, including the UK, apply across a wide range of financial institutions, NZX companies, and licensed fund managers. Under the regulations, licensed, an important distinction, fund managers, with $1 billion or more of assets under the hood, will have to provide climate reports on a per-product basis across four standardized subgenres of information. Fund managers, along with the rest of the NZ Climate Reporting Entity cohort, have been encouraged to think of the new regime as an opportunity rather than an expensive compliance exercise. Fund managers don't generally require government guidance to sense an opportunity, however, Chaplin writes. A recently released Morningstar report found that there were more than 1,400 climate-related open-end funds and ETFs with collective assets under management of $534 billion US worldwide. These represent almost 20% of the global sustainable funds market. Now, time for a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back. And Kiwi Rail says there's a funding shortfall for the Inter-Islander replacement project, but the government has given it options to ensure work can continue. The state-owned rail and ferry operator previously costed the project, called IREX, at $1.45 billion. But as Business Desk has reported, cost of new terminals at Wellington and Picton is understood to have increased significantly. Kiwi Rail carried out an in-depth review of the project this year including value engineering, or cost-cutting options, and has previously said it was in discussion with ministers about what to do about funding. It provided additional details in its annual report, released on Monday. 
the original 1.45 billion figure includes the 551 million contract price of two new ferries, which are being delivered by Korean shipyard Hyundai Mipo Dockyard in 2025 and 2026. The government previously committed to contributing $435 million towards the project. In response to a written parliamentary question earlier this year, Transport Minister David Parker said $299 million had been spent as of July. Turning to the US, and the head of listed cancer diagnostics company Pacific Edge says its singular focus on the United States market is not a single point of failure. Pacific Edge's share price has taken a hammering after it announced earlier this year it could lose access to the US Medicare system after Novatas, which administers Medicare, determined that Dunedin-based companies' products did not meet new thresholds for coverage under the US Social Security Act. On Monday, its shares were again buffeted by negative news when the US Food and Drug Administration said it intended to regulate lab-developed tests, including Pacific Edge's CX bladder. The FDA has proposed rule changes that could see lab-developed tests regulated as medical devices under the US Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act. For the financial year to March 31st, Pacific Edge earned 96% of its revenue in the US. Chief Executive Peter Menches said the company would continue to be a US-first focus company because that was an important message, according to him. He said, we are very focused on the requirements of that market. Yes, we have had a couple of headwinds coming our way, but we understand what is required, and then we get over that. And actually, all of the other international markets are more likely to follow. He added that he sees the setbacks and regulatory bumps as being midway through a football match. For more of the chief executive's comments, visit businessdesk.co.nz. And finally, a look to the markets, and all was quiet on New Zealand's benchmark index on Tuesday as the Reserve Bank of Australia has continued to hit an expected pause on hiking the cash rate, and investors wait to see if the Reserve Bank of New Zealand follows the same line of thinking or goes rogue. The S&P NZX50 index edged down 7.6 points, or 0.07%, to 11,235.72. Turnover was $102.5 million. There were 40 gainers and 95 decliners on the main board. That's all from us. Have a great Wednesday.